Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek for Monday, January 6th. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, joined by my co-host John DeShazer, and today we are joined by ESPN's Mike Triplett to recap yesterday's wild card game against the Minnesota Vikings, where if you're listening to this, I'm sure you know the outcome. 26-20, to 20, the Saints lost yesterday. Mike and JD, you two have covered this team for a long time. So as someone who is kind of just coming into this, um, I-, I had a question after the game yesterday it probably wasn't appropriate at the time but do you guys think that there is a feeling that follows a team during a Super Bowl run I mean after doing all those Super Bowl team interviews and stuff like that all the guys all the players were saying there was just a feeling there was a cohesiveness there was a a team feeling that all the guys got along and not saying that this team didn't but do you think that there is something to that of there's a certain chemistry that a team has when they know that they're going to go far in the playoffs well, I think that feeling exists, but it's easier to say it existed in retrospect. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure the 2009 team knows that that was the most special season they've ever had, and and you know because not only did they get through that incredible regular season together, but they also got through that incredible Super Super Bowl season together. And I would say, you know, being on the outside and not the inside, I think this team feels like it has that uh and and especially last year uh I, I mean last year from beginning to end i think that's what made that rams loss so hard from beginning to end i think they felt like we've we've got a special team here and this year they definitely had elements of a two in it they proved how special they were to be able to come back and finish 13 and three so i i think they know the elements are there but uh but yeah you've got to have that special 11 months and then you've got to have that extra special January and February and this team has not had that yet yeah I I totally agree with that I mean when teams win the first thing they say is this is the best chemistry or this is the best locker room or this is the best cohesion I've ever been around and a lot of that goes along with winning and even teams where you've seen where you know throughout the season there was you know reports of discord in the locker room for whatever reason uh, still at the end of it, they, you know, we all love each other so much. So, you know, winning has a whole lot to do with that. You know, winning wipes away a lot of things. I think last year's loss, I thought, in the playoffs was more difficult because that was one where the Saints basically felt like they were robbed. Mm-hmm. Um, and you feel like, you know, you have something taken away from you and you can't do anything about it and it's out of your control. I think yesterday, I don't want to say it was more acceptable, but you look at it and, and look, there were a lot of times on a lot of plays yesterday where they just physically got beat. And so that's – I don't know if that's more acceptable, but that's a a lot more, I guess, tolerable, if you want to put it that way even, than having a situation where you feel like it was taken away from you and you couldn't control it. Yesterday was, you know, very, very, very much controllable. And and unfortunately for the Saints, Minnesota did the controlling. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. I think yesterday, you know, I was I was on the field for both the NFC Championship game last year and then yesterday's game, and there was just a different feeling. And I'm not going to speak for all the Saints fans because my emotions are my emotions, but there just wasn't that same oh my gosh feeling. Did that really just happen? That there was yesterday that there was in the NFC Championship game. It was kind of more, like you said, tolerable. I think it, it came down to the last few minutes, but I think every Saints player echoed it yesterday that they kind of stepped on their own foot and they didn't get going until it was too late. Yeah, I think. Yeah, uh, well, and, and, the, the and, other thing I, no, go ahead, uh, Mike. What I was going to say is the other thing is I think 
they had more time to fans and team alike to soak this one in because they were in the hole from the beginning. Yeah. Um, and, and they were trying to scratch and claw back for three and a half hours. But yeah, the Rams game was the opposite because they were leading the whole time and, and always in position to win it uh, and, and to have it taken away in the final seconds is sometimes a little more painful. This game, as, as John said, you don't know the right word. It's not better necessarily, but in this game, um, it, it did feel like Minnesota was a better team from start to finish in this game, and the Saints almost came back and won it. But uh, but there was there, there was no you know stunning finish where they had the game in the bag and it got taken away from them. Yeah, I mean this one would this one would have been more like found money. Uh, like Mike said, you know you the trailing, they're scratching, they're clawing, uh, they get into a situation where you know you're you're first and ten at the twenty and Breeze fumbles and then. You know, you think, oh, my goodness, Vaughn Bell's picked up one and he's running back in. The Saints look like they uh. lead, and all of a sudden, you know, no, 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 Dalvin Cook's knee is down. So, you know, all of that kind of conspired to raise the stakes at the end. But, you know, for the for the better part of that game, Minnesota looked like the better team. Now, yeah, you have the, the last play in the end zone, but, look, Minnesota looked the part yesterday, and, and the Saints didn't after, after having a fantastic December, at least offensively, and then winning the last three to, to to finish out the regular season, but Minnesota looked the part more than the Saints did yesterday. Now fans, yeah, they were still pretty pretty ticked off, you know. That's hence the throwing of the bottles and whatnot on the field. And folks, if you're listening, stop that kind of stop that foolishness. You can really hurt somebody with that. Don't do that. But you know that was the one where the feeling was, you know, throughout that game, man, Minnesota's got what it takes to win this game. They might not win it, but man, they sure looked the part. Possibly the most athletic play of the game yesterday came after regulation, after overtime, when, J.D., you and I saw a police officer make a leap into the front section of the arena, and it was the most athletic move I have ever seen anyone make. He went from, like, probably two feet from away from the turf and jumped into the stands to stop someone from that had just thrown a bag of popcorn. It was pretty insane. But, I, thought he, I thought he might have I, used I a think, chair. But I think I that, mean, was actually, that was actually Taysom Hill, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he used a chair, and I looked, but then I couldn't really tell because, I mean, you know, he didn't look like he had those kind of hops, but you never know, man. People – you know, people kind of surprise you. So he, yeah, he. It was impressive, Mike. You had to see him because fans. The the dude who threw the popcorn was trying to escape, right? He looked pretty drunk, and he's trying to escape. Trying to escape through everyone else who's yeah. trying to leave the stadium. And so he's kind of lumbering through, and you know, people are kind of you know getting in his way a little bit and blocking him a little bit. And nobody really kind of wrapped up. You know, nobody wrapped him up like AJ Klein. <laughs> but then the cop hops the rail, and I mean, it was like one smooth move. And before you knew it, they they were on the dude. It, it was it was as impressive as I've seen in a while. <laughs> All right, on to uh, another... I guess you had to yeah look for look for uh, look for something positive. Yeah, yeah this yeah this dude has not been in the donut line in a while. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, you know, everyone's going to be breaking down all of the plays of yesterday, and everyone's going to have a million different breakdowns and, and reasons what happened yesterday as to why the Saints lost when they were supposed to win on paper. But you guys have been around this team for a long time. You've covered them week in, week out. To you, are there one or two things that stood out to you as to why the Saints lost this, this game yesterday? Well, one, you don't have to keep pointing out that we've been around for a long time. We we know that. Already. But that's my favorite part. I, mean, I, I love you know, mentioning you your age, You just like kind of throwing that favorite. in there. You know, you guys have been around for a long time. Well, you we, don't have gray hair, so people don't know it. how old you are. We so I have it. to let If I let know. it grow out, it would be gray. <laughs> uh, but, but the one or two things, the, the thing that sticks out the most to me, obviously, is is the line play, uh, especially the Saints offensive line play, because the Saints have had, 
you know, one of the best offensive lines in the NFL for several seasons running. And Minnesota, specifically, if I can get the word out, Daniil Hunter and Everett Griffin really had their way on, on a lot of downs yesterday. And if you can disrupt the Saints up front that way, and you don't have to like send extra people, then that can that that can wreck any offensive game plan. So that one that was the one thing that stood out to me. Number one, and then two was the Saints' run defense. I mean, you know they were able to run some stretch plays, and and, and Coach Payton called them some zone plays. And man, Dalvin Cook was able to get loose on the edges, and those are things that we hadn't seen a lot out of out, out of the Saints. Even though he didn't average four yards a carry and he didn't get the hundred yards, but by you know, by the second quarter, by midway through the first quarter, actually, the Saints knew that they had something to deal with there, and they had to devote some real attention to Dalvin Cook in that running game. Yeah, J.D. nailed it. I mean, that, that's what stood out to me as the biggest reason for their loss and the most surprising reason for the loss. Uh, we don't see that very often. It was similar to that stunning regular season loss to Atlanta. They just got beat up on both lines, um, and and – very surprising, very surprising, um, you know, to see Drew get hit that much, to see Alvin Kamara stopped at the line that much, and a big reason why they had two turnovers for the first time all season in a game. They just set the NFL record with only eight turnovers all year, and then they had two real costly ones in that game. But, frankly, it was it was a lot of the people that you relied on and a lot of the areas that you relied on all season long. I mean, basically everyone who was a pro bowler and all pro you know, didn't have one of their best days yesterday. Drew didn't have one of his best days. Marshawn Lattimore didn't have one of his best days. Will Lutz even missed the field goal, which never happens. Um, it was it was kind of a, everything that could go wrong did go wrong, uh, and it was it was you know Taysom Hill and Deontay Harris for the most part keeping them in the game uh, with with a lot of big plays uh, by those two guys. And then the, the run defense did get a lot better in the second half, but uh, but you know the offensive line continued to to have trouble with that front seven of Minnesota all day long. We're all going to have, you know, months of breaking down draft and prospects and where the Saints go from here and stuff like that. But, you know, we're, we're less than 24 hours removed from that game. But J.D. and I talked about this on the postgame show yesterday. The Saints have proven three years now that they are good enough to get to the playoffs. They are, they're a 13-3 team. They did well this season, last season, the season before. It's just about getting through the playoffs and playing well in the playoffs. So who knows what kind of turnover there's going to be. But where do the Saints go from here? What adjustments, uh, small or large, do you think have to be made to ensure that you have that longevity to play through the playoffs? The one area I think that, that is screaming for an upgrade is number two wide receiver, um, as it was last offseason. I think they need to address that in free agency or the draft. Um, although Jared Cook was a great addition last offseason, and, and you know he'll be back. Uh, I think another wide receiver, whether, whether they consider replacing Ted Ginn Jr., who's a free agent, with another deep threat, or whether they get a slot receiver in, I think that's something they've really missed, a possession receiver in the middle of the field since that's that's what they throw so much. So that's one area where I think you have to upgrade from the outside. And then every other area that will be a big decision will be, you know, are they going to keep the guys they currently have that are free agents? You know, Andrew Speed at left guard, Von Bell at strong safety, um, either Eli Apple, who's a free agent at cornerback, or Janoris Jenkins, who is due a lot of money in the final year, his contract at cornerback. Um, A.J. Klein's a free agent, Kiko Alonso. Uh, there's reports that he tore his ACL and he's got a big contract coming. 
So those and, and Alvin Kamara could hold out. Um, he's now eligible to hold out as he heads into the final year of his deal. So you're not positive that you're going to have him for all 16 games, depending on how that gets worked out. So those are all the big pressing issues that if you're not re-signing those guys, then they need to be replaced. Yeah, that, that's 100. percent I I couldn't add anything. <laughs> well, I can't add something to that. You know, cause, because and you see it all the time. People people kick around Andrews Pete. And I get, you know, there are games where he isn't, you know, he isn't the best in the world. But, you know, what folks don't understand is Andrews Pete can start at left guard and he can start at left tackle and he can play left, start at left guard and move to left tackle in the middle of a game in the NFL. And I don't under, I don't know that people understand how difficult that is when they're kicking him around. But when you can find a guy like that who basically can kind of eat up two positions and that, and that, you know, saves you a roster spot for something else. There's some value there. Now, are the Saints going to keep him? I don't know. But <laughs> I do know that. I do know that when Teron Armstead's been injured and he's been healthy, he's been able to kick out the left tackle, and that's a really hard thing to do. If it was easy to do, there would be a lot more people doing it. Mike, what are you uh, What are you up to now that things are over? I know you said you're at home uh, now with your kids. Last year when you came back, yeah. you had a shaved head. So what are you up to now? What are, you, what are your plans on the offseason? Well, yeah, I'm going to, you know, a few more stories over the next couple weeks to look ahead. Some of those questions you just asked about their big offseason decisions. Um, and then, I, frankly, I don't remember what it's like to have. Uh, <laughs> we were just talking in the locker room today about, oh, the senior bowl must be next week. No, it's two weeks from now. It's like, wait a minute. You know, and usually that's the day after the season ends. Uh, you know, so the offseason is a little long, longer than we're used to around here but uh yeah uh, eventually uh eventually you know try to get back toward real life uh a, a little bit um uh and then the next thing you know it's the draft and free agency and we're doing this all over again i'm sure the same players feel the same way they want to lick their wounds for a little while help, get rested healthy but probably can't wait till they have another goal to start pushing for again yeah i think that's the only positive that jd can take about, away from the saints loss is that he gets to spend some time away from me finally get, you know what <laughs> don't even i wish you could have seen his face i just i just backflipped right there mike you didn't hear the thud on the floor but that was me <laughs> it would have been an earthquake all right mike thanks for uh, joining us on the show today we appreciate you as always and uh, we'll see you around all right, thank y'all. All right, thanks, Rip. All right, that'll do it for the New Orleans Saints podcast for Monday, January 6th. Thanks for listening.